the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, uh, insurance, headlines, stock market, anything. You know, Uh I know it's that time of year where you do start to get distracted, as do I. And uh, let's chat, you know. Let's figure this one out, so to speak. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Let's talk some headline news out there today. And let's talk, you know, first and foremost, I guess let's go over what happened on the market, you know, a little bit last week. Kind of get some perspective built. Um, I think that's always a good idea to get some comfort in, you know, the, what it means. There's always a little give and take in the stock market. Uh, SP 500 enters the week up 12% from its mid-October low, which I'm trying to say uh, we've had an amazing run. That small portion of the gain could be taken back here or there. The SP 500, let's take a quick look at the market and see how overall we're doing. As you can see, I'm a little discombobulated on this Monday morning. Um, SP 500 is down in fractions, one. The Dow down two, the NASDAQ down four. One of the big pieces of headline news is tied towards allergen. They agreed to be bought by activists for $66 billion, put in, into a hostile bid by activist investor William Ackman and Valiant Pharmaceuticals. Offer values Allergen at $219 a share and is $6 billion more than the price Valiant had last offered to pay. $6 billion more. Holy mackerel, that's a bid. Allergen, which makes Botox wrinkle treatment. Um, they never really did much, much more than that. But let's face it, celebrities keep doing it. And as long as celebrities keep doing it, uh, middle America is going to keep doing it. I, I get maybe all of America. I have no clue who uses Botox. Well, I have a clue because their face is all frozen and such, but I don't know many frozen face people. Uh, the deal comes really after Allergen spent six months maneuvering against a takeover by Ackman and Valiant. Allergen CEO said shareholders would be hurt because Valiant's cost cutting would stop its growth, and he questioned Valiant's accounting. It was kind of a nasty takeover relationship. Other big headlines out there today. Halliburton agrees to buy Baker Hughes. A doctor with Ebola dies in Nebraska. A surgeon who had been flown to Omaha, Nebraska for treatment for Ebola has died. Not like people in a tizzy again, maybe a little bit, but not as much as in the past. Japan has fallen into a recession. A sales tax increase pushed Japan's economy into a recession in the third quarter, setting the stage for Prime Minister Shinzo Abe to postpone a second increase in the sales tax. Uh, taxes, for whatever 
reason people don't get, and I, I don't get it, they're bad for economies. And it's easy to say, oh, we should tax the corporations, they're making a lot of money. Oh, we should tax rich people, they're making a lot of money. But the more you tax, the more empirical evidence you will see that it slows economies. I'm not saying you don't tax, because that's ridiculous, but I'm saying watch how you tax. It's easy to sit there and, like, I don't smoke. Tax cigarette companies. That should be a 20% tax, because if I have to breathe in their stuff and get cancer, that's they're hurting me, right? It's easy to go that direction, but be careful. So other, uh, you know, angles on last week. Um, Japan reported that four-tenths of 1% quarter-over-quarter decline in third-quarter GDP. GDP. That was well below the half percent of growth expected. So there's no mistaking in the GDP report that April's increase in Japan's consumption tax is tied towards taxes. Consumers tend to be more conservative with their spending behavior when they're taxed. Halliburton buying Baker and Hughes, and this is big M&A. They agreed to a tie-up of $34.6 billion in a cash and stock merger that values Baker Hughes at $78 a share. A 54% premium from where it closed last week. Um, huge premium should provide a nice boost to the overall energy sector, which is struggling with the lower cost of oil. Oil service companies in particular have been oversold on the recent drop in oil prices. Valiant doing the allergen deal, that big takeover saga. Active as an allergen or close to a friendly deal. The G20 meeting over the weekend produced the pre, uh, not the pre, but the requisite, Pledges to boost global growth is reportedly filled with t- increased tensions as Western leaders took Vladimir Putin to task for Russia's incursion into Ukraine. He doesn't seem to care. An important week of economic data. You know, today we get the Empire Manufacturing Survey for the month of November versus October. Expectations is to see some industrial increase. But this week we get PPI. PPI. CPI, housing starts, existing home sales, initial claims. This covers the survey period for the November employment report, all on the docket, tucked in between. You're also going to see the release of the minutes from the October FOMC meeting. So a lot going on. Um, again, I think the passive big international headline story is another doctor died in the United States. Um... This is fantastic. Back to Putin. He warns it. He won't let Ukraine defeat Eastern rebels. That's almost humorous. Uh, it's not. It almost is, though. German Chancellor Angela Merkel said yesterday the EU will keep its economic sanctions on Russia for as long as they're needed. Sanctions in themselves are not an objective, but they can be an instrument if they come together with other measures. It's, uh, you know, it's fun using this phrase, neo-Nazi state, but fortunately, I'm not the one making the statement, so I can throw it out there. Putin said, we are very concerned about any possible ethnic cleansings in Ukraine ending up as a neo-Nazi state. Whoa, really? I don't know how this all ends with Putin, but it's been an interesting year, to say the least. Um, Obamacare 2015, sign up underway with very few glitches. Federal enrollment system was working well enough that 100,000 people submitted applications on the first day. U.S. health officials have reported new technical glitches thus far. Um, some state-run insurance exchanges, including Washington and California, had a few difficulties, to say the least. Um, yeah, this is a year that, you know, again, you have to have health care and or you get taxed on it as a fine. So Americans buying Obamacare plans for 2015 can expect to pay about 3% more on average for the cheapest coverage, which is a small increase by historical standards. Though the premiums won't change very. Uh, does go state to state. Minorities and millennials, what that's all about. Peter Lee, he's head of the healthcare exchange in California, has been on a 21-city bus tour to promote the open enrollment period. Sounds to me like he just wants to get away from his wife for 21 days. I'm not sure who pays attention to too many bus tours, but maybe someone does. 
I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. Don't forget, i got a big event coming up this Thursday. Uh, hopefully, see you out there. Foster City, Crown Plaza, Thursday evening, 10 Pillars of Retirement Planning Income. Sign up at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Target's going to report earnings on Wednesday. They're an interesting one to watch, in large part because for the last year they've been licking their wounds. They had the data breach, which everyone knows what I'm talking about when I say the word data breach, uh, a year ago, roughly at this time. So they're trying to show that they've moved on. Also, Target's a retailer that a lot of America shops at. Um, it's worthy of note, right? Investigators are probing DuPont's deadly Texas chemical leak. Um, fatal accident of a DuPont chemical plant in Texas that left four workers dead in the coastal city of La Porte. Dumb and Dumber 2 outsmarts the box office, pulling in $38.1 million, maybe like $34 million. Uh, kind of nice to see. You know, we could use a little humor right now, right? Let's talk with the CFP, Chad Burton. Joining me today, CFP, Chad Burton. How are you? Excellent, Rob. What does the CFP do? Oh, boy. What's well, it stand for? Certified Financial Planner. Okay. Um, so, yeah, you gotta have you go through five courses, essentially. Taxes, insurance, retirement planning, estate planning, investing. You have to take a test in each course before you can move on to the next one. And then you take a 10-hour final exam. Really? 10 hours? Yeah. Now, when I did it, was given over two days. Now, I've heard they've, they're doing it over one day now. But um, it's 55% pass rate nationally. Okay. So you get a lot of disappointed people after the first try. And do they usually get it right second try? Like SATs. I remember when I went to high school many, many, many years ago, you got to blend your scores. You got to take your best math and your best English. Does that sound right? Someone's asking me. I don't even remember taking the SATs. You probably didn't. You were a gifted athlete. You, you got to ride <laughs> your way into college. Uh, no, and it's um, it, you do get a chance. Yes, you do get to take it again. Okay. So, but do people pass? I, the I passed time? it on the first time. I've got five CFPs, all but one of them passed it on the first time. Okay. Um, and then so it's given. I think every November and then every six months. If you fail it a second time, I believe there's some other rules. I haven't looked at it honestly lately for uh, for a while in terms of how many times you can p- fail it and then how long you have to wait next time. But once you do pass the test, you cannot use the designations yet. Okay. You have to have three years working experience, and now you have to have a degree. A three years working experience, not at Seven Eleven. No, you have to have in the business. Okay, so like a para planner. Period planner, yeah, associate advisor. Okay. Yep, you got it. Now, with that said, what's the difference between a CFP and like a stockbroker or a financial, um, you know, someone at Solomon Smith Barney who calls himself a first vice president or something you like that? You have vice president of the southeast region of the city. <laughs> something I, like that. Bogus. Yeah. Bogus, but people don't realize that. Yeah, yeah. The vice president thing is a, it's ridiculous in this industry. I'm vice president of Salem Radio. <laughs> right now, this hour, Whoops. we're both vice president, right? Um, <laughs> difference between a broker. And Are there even stockbrokers left anymore? I mean, when I was in the yeah. business, yeah, yeah. Oh, there we go. That's, that's right. I, there's there, my alarm. There's actually other people that I know in the industry. Um, I know people on my street who use Ameriprise financial planners. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's the worst thing you could do. Let me give you a story okay. of that one, and. Sure. Uh, so somebody I did very close to the family um, finally pulling the trigger on retirement. I said, well, at least let me look at what you have. I, do, I don't like taking on friends and family. Of course not. As, and I understand that. Yeah, because the last thing I want to do. Expectations are unrealistic. 
not only that, but it dominates the conversation. Okay. So, barbecuing, putting some steaks on, having a couple of beers. I don't want to talk money on the weekends. You know, I I do it 60 hours a week. So, I said, well, at least let me look at who you're working with, because I, I, I based on some of the things that I'd heard, like this just doesn't sound right. And the advisor was saying, yeah, you can retire. Go ahead and retire. You're going to be fine. And the reason why is because they were a commission-based advisor, and they were going to get paid five, six percent of the rollover amount. Ah, so it's like a 401k, 403b. So, I mean, they see this big rollover amount, so they will blow smoke in places that you don't want them to blow smoke because they're doing it because that's when they get paid is that initial rollover. They get paid all up front because they're commission-based advisors. And unfortunately, some CFP, Certified Financial Planners, are also commission-based. And I think that there's a big push in our industry to not allow that. Um, So... Because our industry, really, most of the certified financial planners act as fiduciaries. We are forced, we, we set up a firm so that we are acting in the best interest of the client, putting the client first, charging either hourly fees, flat fees, or annual fees based on what we're managing. And in this situation, the guy was going to tell her to retire too soon because he was so looking forward to this big commission check on the rollover on loaded mutual funds that are A shares, annuities that had seven, eight-year surrender charges. Um, and, you know, yeah, you might be okay on your income next 10, 15 years, but once inflation kicks in and you realize that you're not able to keep up with the value of the dollar, which over time is cut in half every 18 years, it was setting this person up for a retirement that once they get into the mid-80s, their lifestyle drastically declines. And if they ever have any kind of health care cost issues, like long-term care, home health care needs, they were going to be in a horrible position. People can find you at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You just heard CFP Chad Burton and I run in through some concepts. We're going to be doing it again this Thursday evening. Last chance to meet us in person, the 10 Pillars of Retirement Income Planning, Crown Plaza, Foster City, San Mateo. It's going to be 630 to 9. Um, Chad's going to run most of the event. I'm going to run some dividends, dividend investing, how to find dividend stocks, dividend stocks I own personally, dividend stocks in the New Focus Financial uh, Portfolio, and much, much more. Secrets to tax-efficient investing. We're going to go over minimizing uh, Social Security mistakes or maximizing right things to do. Um, how to basically not outlive your savings. It's a good chance to support me and a good chance to support the show. I like putting faces uh, to the show. Uh, like anytime I give away theater tickets, it's always nice to get like the phone ringing 20, 30, 40 times. Um, I know that at times I come across as mean, but I'm not. At times I come across as crass, but I'm not. I'm just trying to do a show that gets you involved in investing and thinking that way. So good event coming up this Thursday, 10 Pillars of Retirement Income Planning Seminar, Crown Plaza, 630 to 9. Still have time to sign up. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. You can sign up for that event at robblack.com. Markets today. There was one story out there that caught my attention. I own shares of Apple, full disclosure. In the middle of the night, Apple announced a deal that should make it a stronger company in China. They added China Union Pay as a payment option for the App Store in China. Union Pay has a virtual monopoly on processing payments between merchants, banks, and credit card companies. Um, you know, how does that play out in the stock? Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. I mean, it's let's face it, the stock's had an amazing year. The market's up 8%, and it's up almost 30%. Um, so Apple's up 80 cents today, so almost 115. Uh, it's a big company. It needs a big correction soon because it's had a really good run where anyone who bought it has made money. Sign up for the big event tonight at robblack.com. That's robblack.com.
800-516-1220. Middle of November, here we are. It's time to start putting together your tax concepts. Red flags that the IRS will pick up on. Not filing. (laughs) It's probably the biggest one. You want to try to avoid uh, the old IRS audit. The unwanted attention. Overall... You know, individual audit rates is a less than one in a hundred. The odds increase dramatically as your income goes up. IRS statistics for 2013 show that people with incomes of 200,000 or higher had an audit rate of about 3.2 percent, one out of every 30 returns. Um, IRS gets copies of all 1099s and W2s. Failing to file one of them will get you audited, or at least caught. Uh, large charitable deductions, claiming day trading losses on Schedule C. Claiming rental losses, the IRS is actively scrutinized rental real estate losses, especially those written off by taxpayers claiming to be real estate pros. Um, it's kind of interesting, you know, the things that will get you caught. Um, deducting business meals, travel, and entertainment. Big deductions for meals, travel, and entertainment are always right for audit. Keep receipts for expenditures over $75 or for any expense for lodging while traveling away from home. Claiming 100% business use as a vehicle. Um, writing off a loss for a hobby activity. Keep in mind that those start to get kind of obvious. Uh, your activity must be entered into and conducted with a reasonable expectation of making a profit. So if you lose money, if your activity generates profit three out of every five years or two out of every seven years for like horse breeding, the law presumes that you're in the business to make a profit. The old home office deduction. Uh, will get you caught. And running a small business actually increases your odds as well. Experience, personal experience shows that those who receive primarily cash are less likely to accurately report all of their taxable income. So, um, like if you're a barber shop and you cut hair and like take cash and tend not to ring up the register once in a while. Uh, but car washes, bars, hair salons, restaurants, they're all tempting targets for audits. So, just know that going in. Let's talk a little real estate with Tony Mendez. Joining me now, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Tony specializes in mortgage lending. He also has a show here on KDOW, Tuesdays at 6 p.m. That's, again, all about real estate and lending and how to get the loan for the home of your dreams. Tony, we have seen a virtual cycle play out numerous times, it feels like. Adjustable rate mortgages were popular. Then they became un. Then they got to kind of the point where they turned into hybrids, where you know no document loans, and then we got back to let's kill those off for a while and go to 30 years and 15 years. Uh, real estate prices are down. People go with a 30. Real estate prices are up. They go with the arm. What's an arm? Well, it's an adjustable rate mortgage, and you can it's amortized for 30 years, which means your payments are going to be calculated over a 30 year period based on whatever rate you have at the time. A three year arm, for example, means you're fixed for three years, and then after the third year, you become an adjustable. And you can adjust quite a bit based on a certain index. That index could be anything from the LIBOR to one of the treasury uh, uh, accounts so or indexes. So it's not meant for everybody because after that fixed period, your payments could go up dramatically. So it's, it's a specific product that people use as a tool to keep their payments lower. That's the number one advantage of an ARM, adjustable rate mortgage, is that the rate's going to be about a half a point, sometimes a point lower than what you get on a 30-year fix. The shorter the term arm, or the arm term, the lower the rate. So let's say you're staying in your house for three years. Right. And get a three-year arm. Why would you get a 30-year fix at a point higher than and then a 30-year than a three-year arm and save you know ten thousand dollars over that period of time? So that's why an arm makes sense. Does the property come into play? For instance, can you get an arm on a condo or townhouse? Um, you can, but an arm is a riskier product. So you need higher credit scores. You okay. need higher equity. Uh, you know, in a lot of cases, you need 25% or more equity to get an arm. Even though lately, jumbo arms have become more aggressive. You can go up to 80%, but over 80%, you're done unless you get an FHA loan, which are pricey to begin with. It kind of negates the benefit of having an arm. And part of the whole cycle, again, is at some point in time, you're going to be able to get up to 103% on all these products because we get to the point where we keep loosening standards, loosening standards, loosening standards. Disaster. Disaster. Tight. And then we tighten standards, and then we loosen them, loosen them, loosen them. This was a pretty tragic event that happened uh, to the housing industry, and, and 
They've be- since then become overregulated, and it's going to continue getting tougher. But it, it right now I'd say we're about what we were in '99 to 2000 as far as guidelines. And then you know you know what hit the fan and lenders started going crazy with the NEGAM loans, loans that would actually increase your balance based on a start rate of like 1%. Those aren't going to come back. So we're going to be a little bit more conservative as far as the type of products available and close some of the doors on on risky products like the the NEGAM. Uh, I guess I just said the same thing over, but it really does emphasize that lenders are scared about selling these products back to the the secondary market, and they're going to continue being over-regulated and over uh, um, criticize your loan scenario. Speaking of Tony Mendez, com. how often or how much money do you make? Is it different for an arm versus a 15-year versus a 30-year? It, it, it's not. Okay. Uh, one of the things that did change is the way that lenders and loan officers and brokers are compensated so that they charge the same for each scenario. Um, but in the past, uh, we used to have lenders that co- came to our office and they would promote certain products, not the ones that were the best for the client, but the best for the loan officer to make the most money. That's where we got in the most trouble is loan officers were looking to make the most money and selling the wrong products to the clients. That's gone away. So what else should we know about that cash scenario or about the real, the scenario where you use a lender, you want them to make money, but you don't want them to make too much money. And you don't want them to make nothing because then they're not going to really work for you and get to know you. Right. The first thing you want to do is just make sure that you have the right scenario. Good credit. You want equity in your property. Good income. And you don't want to stray off of that path because there are some, you know, you have to use FHA. You have to use a private money loan. You want to stick in the mainstream. That's why I'm worried about this private sector um, funding that Obama's trying to push. It could make it a lot worse for people in higher rates. So you want to first make sure your scenario is correct, and then you want to do some shopping. I like using a broker because brokers use several different lenders that could fit your scenario into their slot, where if you did it on your own and you tried to go to one lender and then another lender, you're running your credit more often, and you may not hit the right lender that has the right scenario. So there are several things that you can do to make sure that you ensure that you end up with the right pricing. Get a good faith estimate. Make sure you shop on the right the same day uh, because rates change quite often, and there's some quite a few other tools that you can use. Thanks very much. You can find Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Getting to know the right product, getting to know the right lender, I think is critical. You do not want to be in a scenario where you go into a bank and try to get a loan because you're not going to get the product that's right for you. You're going to get the product that they want to push to you. You're listening to me, Rob Black. That's Tony Mendez, and you can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. Some other big stories out there of note, and you know, I don't know if these are big or you know, noteworthy, what have you. But Facebook is secretly working on a new website called Facebook at Work. This is an attack at LinkedIn. There's no doubt about it. The new website would look very much like Facebook. Um, it would allow you to chat with colleagues, connect with professional contacts, collaborate over documents. Uh, Facebook was not available for any comment on this at this point in time. Facebook employees have long used the site in their daily work, and their social networking site is now testing it with companies. Um, makes a little sense, you know, for sure. Could they buy LinkedIn? Sure. Like, uh, but I hate the relationship of Facebook and my my personal and my private life. Uh, tied in with my public life and my work life. I get it. So 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 if possible. Um, It's a retirement income pillars planning seminar. Things that you need to know um, to have a secure future. I see way too many people retire with a lump sum of money that's not going to be enough to meet their work needs or their income needs in retirement. So they'll have to continue to work. And uh, a little bit tragic, in my opinion. So again, big event coming up this Thursday night, 6.30 to 9. Uh, You can sign up for the event at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Other stories of note, Dumb and Dumber 2. The gang came back to work, did real well. Big Hero 6 brought in $36 million. Dumb and Dumber 2, $38 million. So it was pretty close. Big Hero 6 has now pulled in $111 million. And I'm not quite sure, but 
the city that it's based in, San Fran, Okio, or something like that. So it's a mix between San Francisco and Tokyo. And clearly some of the characters are Asian, uh, Japanese. Uh, you're seeing more and more movies do that, right? Show some sort of Asian character in Iron Man. So that when it goes out into Asian communities uh, or Asian continents, countries, that there's a little bit of like, oh, so you could see the big Transformers, you know, destroying the Golden Gate Bridge, the Empire State Building, but also, you know, some big um, place in, in China or in Asia or in Tokyo or you get the idea. Anyway, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Alibaba is eyeing their first bond sale. Wise to copy exactly what Apple's doing. Take a break here. We'll be right back. I'm Rob Black. companies and buy more of some of the great companies when they dip. Um, I'm not against saying this out loud. I like indexes, but also I like great companies. I tend not to go with a lot of small companies that aren't great companies. I'd rather wait till they're great companies and go with a small index, for instance, small company index. I have nothing against small companies and their growth. They're awesome. But it's sometimes tough to figure out which one's going to go from, you know, being a junior overachiever to a senior achiever. I like American Express. Almost at any price. As long as you tell me you're going to hold it 10, 20, 30 years. The vast majority of American Express value is driven by spend and in the longer than expected economic upcycle, which we're in. You'd expect spend to accelerate from the current 9% levels to 12% levels. Higher spend should drive up Amex's revenue growth from 5% to 8% plus. Um, American Express is on my shopping list. Another company, Automatic Data Processing, ADP. Um, IT Services. Um, payroll. Professional employer organizations, business lines. Bank of America is a company that is on my shopping list at all times. Strong loan growth of 4 to 5%, 15% increase in net interest margin. Driving down expense ratios is their story right now. Canadian Pacific is always on my shopping list. Why? Because they do railroads. And you asked me to get a, a tree or a car, a piece of lumber, or a tree, or a car, or you know, 8,000 pairs of Lululemon's black tights. Yoga pants. I don't know how to get those from point A to point B, but train companies do. A little bit of organic growth. Low costs. Market share gains. Um, I think it's just a nice company. Citigroup. Very similar to Bank of America. Just one of those financial institutions that Americans can't get away from. Cummins. It's a capital goods company. They do engines. Engine grows on the back of increased demand in the United States. They profit from a secular trend of countries requiring stricter emission standards. Power generation segment likely could also benefit as global growth strengthens. Um, so I don't think I'm saying anything crazy. Estee Lauder is a great long-term name in my opinion. There's How many women do you know that say, I'm not going to wear any makeup? I wear makeup. Of course, I'm on TV, but uh, I do. 
and as I've gotten older, I've, you know, I'll get some cream to try to keep my skin dry or moist dry. <laughs> my skin's dry like the Sahara. Um, so also I'll drink a lot of water to keep my skin moist, but you get the idea. Um, as we continue to, you know, try to create a middle class in the rest of the world, maybe at the sacrifice of the middle class here, people still have to have makeup. I think Facebook is on my shopping list. Anytime it drops five or more points. Google, great Google Moogla. Um, you know, I'm a little concerned on Google for sure. It's essentially 100% advertising driven. Um, it's well positioned secularly on search and mobile display. Uh, I think there's a lot of competition out there, but so far they seem to be, you know, circling the wagons and keeping the competition out. Hilton Worldwide. I don't think that there's, you know, a better brand in hotels. Uh, greater than its peers' ownership of its hotels means that it would, you know, continue to benefit from outsized operating leverage. Uh, L Brands, which makes Victoria's Secret. You know, Victoria's Secret treats men differently than women. Men kind of want to get in and get out, so they see a lot of full-price stuff. Women tend to be a little bit more value-driven, so they'll see five panties for $25. Um, you know, limited brands should be a beneficiary of broad discretionary spending improvement. So they're the number one specialty retailer in intimate apparel, a category that typically tracks pretty well with GDP. It's a story that I'll tell, like, uh, and this is a little risque, not too risque, but in 2000 when I moved to the Bay Area, you know, unemployment was like 2%, 3%. Kids were coming out of college with six-figure jobs. I'll antidotally say that I saw some great lingerie, smoked some great cigarette cigars, and went to some of the best restaurants in the world. I saw people drinking $300 bottles of wine um, as like 20-somethings. And that was a little disconcerting. <laughs> you know, in hindsight, I think anecdotally, I said it all right there. Um, other companies on my, you know, I'd look at in the long term on any sort of weakness, Regions Financial. Um, they do a lot of buybacks. They have got nice loan growth, 5 to 6%. Their expense ratio is pretty low for the industry. Uh, Simper Energy. Uh, upcycle in the U.S. economy. Multi-billion dollar projects including glass and liquid exports. Pipelines, renewable generations. Uh, growth. Um, Synchrony Financial, SYF. Extended economic upcycle. Consumer demand for credit to run above 5% base case is expected. Um, Union Pacific is the name I have. United Rentals. I'm a man. I'll admit it. I'm a man's man. I like to power wash things. I like to drive around in a truck. And every now and then I have to get, like, a, I don't own a super-duper power washer, so I go out and rent one, 50, 60 bucks a day from United Rentals. It's a pure play on North American non-residential construction. Disney, company that's on my list. Zion's Bank Corp. You ask me to name names, I name names. I'm Rob Black. You can find me online talking dividends, talking investing. Big seminar coming up this Thursday evening, this Thursday evening. You can sign up for it at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Find out more at robblack.com. Views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision.
Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in, we'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Some big headlines out there today including but not limited to Halliburton to buy Baker Hughes for $35 billion. This was a deal that started to get a little bit of play last week. Um, activists buying Algen for $66 billion. Another big... If Wall Street likes to buy each other, it's telling you that you could probably do something as well. Hmm. Let's see. Other big stories out there today include... This is one that I kind of find interesting, and you may or may not. Um, early fans of Google Glass are starting to abandon the platform in droves. You've seen Sergey Brin show up at big events wearing Google Glass, and you know he's trying to head up that division. Um, he sauntered into a Silicon Valley red carpet event on Sunday not wearing them. He'd left them in the car. His timing is kind of showing that Google Glass just isn't really catching on. Uh, nine of the 16 biggest app makers working on it have basically given up. Um, of 16 Glass app makers contacted by Reuters for a story, nine said they'd stopped to work on the projects because of lack of consumers using the product. Limitations on the device. Three more have switched to developing for business, leaving behind any of the consumer projects there. So if Google were ever to be sold to the public, and it would at some point in time, you know, there's just no market for it at this point in time. There's new wearable device coming out for the wrist made by, um, it's the Up3, it's the Go3, and I'm thinking, dropping the name, um, give me a second, no, it's not the Go3, it's GoPro, I'm thinking, um, it's going to be, it's a job on up three. And it's going to be pretty darn cool. It's coming out right around Christmas. Um, fitness trackers just keep getting cheaper. You know, um, Jawbone's going to follow with its own $50 move tracker to, you know, go with uh, Misfit. They introduced a $50 fitness tracker. But in the case of the up three, it's going to have a sleek design. It's going to cost 180 bucks. It's going to be waterproof up to 10 meters, so you can wear it in the shower. Charge will last about seven days. Um, but, yeah, it's the glass is just not the right place to be. And, oh, by the way, the Jawbone Up 3 is it's really stylish. And maybe it's just me, like, not knowing style. Could be. Japan has fallen into a recession, uh, probably based on their massive sales increase. Sales tax increase. Fall in oil prices if test the unity of OPEC. The OPEC, Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries, knows it must cut production to lift prices, but they can't all seem to agree. This has happened in the past before, but remember when we were at $150 oil, people were talking about peak oil? People not talking about peak oil anymore. I think it's worthy of note because during one of the Moments that I had talking to people that I work with, someone asked me recently, if you hear a commercial that talks about the impending doom and gloom, the collapse of the world economies, or something along those lines, you've heard the stock market collapse, the world economy is going to collapse, kind of heard it all, right? Um, long story short, there's just, it's just not that, that's just not the case, <laughs> and it's Really kind of sad, uh, in my opinion, that people play into fears. 
but it does happen. I mean, there's just no doubt about that. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Another big story that is worthy of note. Apple made a deal overnight with a company called China Union Pay, which is a payment option for the App Store in China. Union Pay has a virtual monopoly on processing payments between merchants, banks, and credit card companies. Walmart says its cash-strapped customers are doing better. You know why the cash-strapped customers are doing better? I'll give you 10 seconds to think. Cue the Jeopardy music. Oh, yeah, we don't have Jeopardy music. Oh, there it is. Why are Walmart shoppers doing better? Doesn't Alex Trebek look like someone you really wouldn't want to hang out with? Like, stuck with him at a cocktail party would be awful. And you'd keep coming up, you'd keep answering, talking to him in questions. What is the time this question is going to be over? Why are Walmart customers doing better? Did you come up with an answer? Survey says lower gas prices. That's what it comes down to. Lower gas prices are a tax break. It creates stimulus. It's not literally a tax break, but it kind of is. Oh, you want to hear weird sleeping bed partners? I know, this is salacious. Get ready for a salacious reveal. Who would you never imagine in bed together? Apple and Samsung. Apple tried to get away, but they just can't quit Samsung. And they said, I just can't quit you. Apple switched away from Samsung from a company that they had been working with called Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing. Apple designs the chips, and then they send it to a factory to make the chips, or as I like to say, to bake the chips. So big deal goes back to Samsung. Majority of the chips for future iPhones and iPads starting in 2016. Samsung's profits have collapsed since Apple pulled away their business and went to Taiwan Semi. But Taiwan Semi must not have been doing a good job. 80% of all the chips... And for the record, you cannot put a semiconductor chip in ranch dressing. That is not a good thing to do. But you could put a Dorito in ranch dressing, and that's delicious. Dip your chip in my dip chip. Could you imagine being named Chip? And you bring a dip to a party, and you'd be able to say, dip your chip into my dip chip. That doesn't happen often in life, just to let you know. Um, so Apple giving a big deal back to uh, Samsung. Tosh, Daniel Tosh, did a fantastic segment last week ripping ESPN. Uh, basically, he does something kind of a web redemption, and they copied the exact segment because there was a guy in hockey who was skating around the rink, skating around the rink, singing this, you know, the national anthem, and didn't see a carpet fell on it and tripped. So they copied his thing, where, like, you know, a kid will try to hula hoop on YouTube and fail. Tosh would contact him and give him another chance. Uh, but Tosh did it just, he ripped ESPN beautifully. And one of the things that he said that was kind of cute, uh, talked about the grammatical mistakes in any given broadcast, you know, per minute. He was counting them. It was pretty humorous. But he uh, kind of ripped in Chris Berman and his seven chins, which is just harsh. Could you imagine being skewered? by a comedian, that would frighten me. I never, ever, ever want to mess up so bad that late-night talk shows are talking about me. could happen. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, Stories that scare me and tell me that we need some regulation. 18-year-old wonder kid who started hedge fund in his dorm room. That's pretty spooky. Spooky. I'm Rob Black. Big event coming up Thursday evening. Hopefully you can make it out for it. It's my last event of the year. It's a great way of supporting me and saying you like the show. Ten Pillars of Retirement Income Planning Seminar. Thursday at the Crown Plaza Foster City in San Mateo from 6.30 to 9. I'll be talking about dividend stocks I own and why. CFP Chad Burton will be talking about securing income throughout retirement, which is what we all want to do.
I love Elon Musk. Just for the, some of his quotes. Elon Musk has been ranting about killer robots yet again. Musk posted a comment on the futurology site Edge.org warning readers that developments in artificial intelligence could bring about robots that may autonomously decide that it's sensible to start killing humans. His quote was, the risk of something seriously dangerous happening is in the five-year time frame. This is not the case of crying wolf about something I don't understand. But minutes after he posted the comment, it was deleted. The billionaire entrepreneur has made a habit of making apocalyptic comments about killer robots in recent interviews. You gotta love that. Um, anyhow, it, again, you post something and try to take it down. Someone's already got a copy of it. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. How are you, Mr. Burton? Excellent. So, one of the things you talk about on your show, New Focus on Wealth, you talk a lot about, you know, will you have enough money to retire? And there's a lot of articles on it. Um, a lot of people try to like self-educate themselves on, I'm ready to retire. I've hit the magic number. That seems to be a million dollars is starting to become the norm in the Wall Street Journal of that'll pay you forty to fifty thousand a year. I guess it depends on your budget, but it also depends on income in retirement. Um, how do you set up that million dollars to pay you income in retirement? Well, so those rules of thumb of 4 to 5% income at age 65, and you'll be okay. And each and every year, you'll be able to increase your amount of withdrawals okay. to keep up with inflation. Um, typically, those are assumptions that your overall portfolio earns 7% for a balanced portfolio. Okay. Where the last 10 years, balanced portfolios have earned about 6.5%, you know, half stocks, half bonds. Because going forward, though, the next five or six years until rates normalize, what are rates going to be? I mean, we got 2.7% on the 10-year Treasury. It was over 5% prior to 2007. So even though portfolios have recovered from 2007, if your portfolio hasn't recovered from 2007, you're doing something wrong, first of all. You, you didn't have enough cash while you are retired to draw on, or you panicked at the bottom. Markets will recover. They will. You just have to be able to have some cash and dividends to live off of in the meantime. But the issue is is that if you retired in, in 2007 versus now, that same 65-year-old needs 24% more assets today to retire at the same level as the person that was, was able to lock in 10, 15, 20-year bonds in 2007 because interest rates are a third of where they were then. So if 40% of a portfolio tends to be in safer stuff in retirement on average, 60-40 yeah. type of a split, that 40% not only is paying a third of the income, your CDs are only paying less than 1% instead of 4 or 5 uh, so the next five years is key. And unfortunately, the biggest issue is that timing is everything in retirement. So if your poor returns come first while you're drawing money out yep. and you have less compounding in your overall portfolio, long story short, Rob, is it, it's, a, it's a really tough situation where we're having to look at bond alternatives and different ways to get that, that bond-like income. Stock portfolio hasn't changed. You know what's interesting about what you said? People locked into 20- and 30-year bonds. Mm -hmm. I think that's your world. I think you see high-end clients or well-funded people. I know most of the people I know in retirement, they're afraid to lock in for 10, 20 years. Like, they're more, I have to keep this available short-term for opportunities. Right. And I can't lock it in for 20, 30 years because I'll be dead in 20, 30 years. Mm -hmm. Does that make any sense what I said? Yeah, and, and not necessarily 20, 30 years. And I, I doubt a lot of people, you know, locked in bonds because even in 2007, people thought rates would go higher. Okay. Um, so, but I, you know, there's, there's a world of when individual bonds look better versus bond funds, when interest rates are high and yeah. stable, you can ladder bond portfolios. And if there's inflation, you buy tips. Those are treasury inflation protected it's bonds. It's weird because Chad, it's been a long time since we've seen that scenario that no? people feel comfortable locking in bonds. They're just, they pay nothing now. Right. And it, but we, at least now we have, you know, a couple decades of interesting interest rate movements. Sure. And that idea of the between four and a half and six and a half percent on the ten-year treasury—that's when you really consider locking in on longer-term bond portfolios. But you have to be able to hedge. You have to have some of your money in your portfolio that are available for tips, sometimes commodities. A lot of studies are showing that yeah, you don't really need that commodity fund. You really need more of the tip exposure. And again, those are bonds that pay a no, lower rate of interest. Yeah, what's interesting? In 2008, when all stocks were down, guess what was up? 
commodities. Uh, no, gold yeah. and the yeah. because what yeah. happened? I did what, research on this yesterday. What yeah. happened was is the first part of that. A lot yeah. of the hedge funds had to sell their gold and oil positions in order to meet liquidation. So there was actually a lot of stuff fell, fell off the cliff. Managed futures is you a different ha- way. You to have get your history. I have mine. All right, let's pull it up right now. Ready? Let's let's have a chart fight. Actually, I wanted to change the topic, and um, it does seem weird. Like we've been it's been a long time since we've been in a laddered bond, laddered CDs. Do you remember? Like we can't talk about that, and we used to talk about that ten years ago. Yep. So um, I did pull up Apple yesterday. Their bonds, their ten-year bonds, three point four, three point five percent. Yeah. So would you? As a betting man, would you go after an Apple bond versus a 10-year treasury, or do you still like the security of the U.S. government? I I mean, I don't like – I mean, I wouldn't lock it in unless you had some sort of a hedging strategy on that. I mean, you can get almost the same yield in the stock right now. Okay, that's true. And that's the biggest issue that people are making. I heard a morning show host early, early morning talking about their income portfolio. And my fear is that a lot of older people are saying, oh, this is an income portfolio. I'm going to take my bond money, and I'm going to go get that. And then the stock market drops or interest rates rise, and they have a 10 to 20% correction instead of a, okay, I've, my income's still coming in, and I've got a cushion for the stock market. So keep your bonds your bonds, your stocks your stocks. That's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. I'm Rob Black. Um, interesting little side twist story. Uh, and Steve Ballmer's Clippers purchase is that he can get over a billion dollars out of the $2 billion that he spent on purchasing the Clippers back in tax breaks. It's a huge part of the business that never gets talked about. It changes your sense of, you know, what people are really paying. Um, you know, tax benefits over the next 15 years, you know, according to accountants and sports business people. Uh, owning a franchise in the NBA and sports franchises, pretty good for the tax gimmick angle. Um, there's some billionaires who have owned two or three or four franchises, and you wonder why. It's, like I said, changes what you think of what what they're actually paying for these franchises when you see how much they're actually saving in tax breaks as, as well. Um, Facebook developing a professional website, Facebook at Work. I think that's long overdue. We should all separate our business from our personal lives. Uh, with that said, I'm still shocked by what people post on Facebook about their personal lives. Shocked, I tell you. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220. Big event coming up at the Crown Plaza, Foster City, uh, 6.30 to 9. I'll be there a little bit early if you want to come, bring your portfolio. I'll be there a little bit late if you want to chat and have a beer. Um, CFP Chad Burton, 10 Pillars of Retirement Planning. Retirement planning is complicated. Most people don't have a five-year plan when they go into retirement. This is one of those events where I'll go over income and dividend ideas. CFP Chad Burton will paint a bigger income picture in retirement of what you need to know, tied towards Social Security, tied towards tax efficiencies, tied to portfolio, tied towards diversification. You can sign up for the event at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Welcome in, Rob Black, and your money. Had to use a little tape that last segment for reason not worthy of mentioning on air. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, you want to be a financial adult. It's kind of the goal of the show to get you to retirement. Financial adult hold can come at any age. You want to have at least two credit cards. And pay your credit cards on time and in full every month. You never want to overdraft your checking account. I have a debit card. I never use it. I don't like debit cards. Um, especially since most things can go on credit. I can pay it off at the end of the month and get points for it. 
You want to know your credit score and check your credit report at least annually. I check mine every three to four months. Just check mine. Went down a little bit in large part because I opened a new card that gives me 2% back, which was a better deal than I currently had. I've got two cards that give me 2% back. One is a MasterCard, which I'll admit I'm a bit of a uh, snob when it comes to I'd prefer to have a Visa than a MasterCard. I've got a Fidelity Investment Rewards card that gives me 2% back on it. It's an American Express that goes straight into Fidelity Retirement Accounts. And I've got a Citigroup, Citibank, double cash card. Gives me 2% on all my purchases. Every single one of them. Uh, I like that. I like that a lot. But my credit score went down because my average length of credit went slightly lower. You want to have at least one retirement fund to know that you're an adult. And you want to contribute to it regularly. You want to have an emergency fund. An emergency fund, six months of living expenses roughly, in a separate account that's used only in case of emergency. I want a new TV. I've recently gone from, okay, my TV's nine years old now. It's great. Nice high definition, but there's better high definition out there. But I'm not going to tap into my emergency fund, and I'm certainly not going to stop you know, funding my retirement fund. You want to have health insurance. Car insurance or renter's insurance. No, I'm sorry. Car insurance, renter's insurance, or homeowner's insurance. If you have a car or home or rent. If you have a child, you should have life insurance. If you have a spouse who needs your income, you should have life insurance. You should have some kind of budget. Uh, cut down on eating out. Get a budget tracking software system like mint.com, M-I-N-T.com. You want to know your take-home pay every month after taxes. You kind of want to know your net worth if you want to be a financial adult. Your net worth is your assets minus any of your liabilities. Serves as a convenient gauge of whether things are getting better or worse. You want to spend less than you earn to be a financial adult. Have a system for remembering and paying your bills. Whether that's setting up automatic payments for fixed costs, setting Google Calendar reminders on the first day of the month, calling a credit card company to streamline your due dates. You shouldn't be forgetting about bills or leaving them unpaid. Every other Friday, and sometimes every Friday, I pay all my bills. Since the end of the weekend, knowing like I'm, I'm good. To be a financial adult, you want to work on paying off any debt over 8%. You want to kind of know your financial goals to be a financial big boy adult. And if you can't talk about these things with your spouse like or your loved one, you probably shouldn't get married. You probably shouldn't date. You probably shouldn't be married if you can't talk what your financial goals are. I want a retirement house. I want to work till I'm 60, maybe 55, and then live till the day I die surrounded by the people I love. I want to optimize taxes. That makes me a, a good adult. Um, I work with an accountant on that. You want to have a secure, accessible filing system to be a financial adult. Um, keep all your financial records for at least three years, five years. At that point in time, you know, I think you probably burn them, but that's okay. Whatever you want to do. But you have to have some sort of financial system. Um, Buy-sell agreements if you're a small business in a fireproof safe. Um, life insurance. I don't think you have to keep every, you know, heating bill, electricity bill. Um, and you need to be kind of secure enough to say no to expenses you don't need or can't afford. I want a new truck, and I went on air last week on television, and I said, I'm, I feel like I'm less man because I don't have a Ford F-150 truck. I need to feel more of a man by getting a truck, and I was kind of kidding. There was some sarcasm there. Hopefully someone got that. Anyway, 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516. Anything you ever want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and much, much more. Facebook's developing a professional website, Facebook at Work. Could it be a LinkedIn killer? 
Dumb and Dumber 2 outsmarts the box office. Fans are starting to abandon Google Glass. Apple made a deal to get China Unum Pay accepted in the App Store in China. Walmart says it's cash-strapped. Customers are doing better than they were because of lower gasoline. Elon Musk is reporting that robots could start killing us all within five years. I kind of like that. Those are some of the top stories of the day. Taking a look at the markets. Um, we've had a great run recently. And we're kind of neutral. Big event coming up Thursday evening. Hopefully you can make it out for this. It is a Pillars of Retirement Income. Income! You have to have income when you're in retirement. Crown Plaza, Foster City. Great, easy location. Just off 92. You can sign up for the event at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.